Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. You are now listening to season six of the show. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Margolis. Matt is the head of community at LawTrade, a new work model empowering legal professionals to monetize their skills. Before head of community, Matt was director of legal and risk management at Lloyd-Jones. Matt was previously an attorney at Shapiro, Blasi, Wasserman and Herman PA and Lidecker Law. So a very, very warm welcome, Matt. I need you, like, can I record your voice and have you read off my LinkedIn when people like go to my LinkedIn page? That was, <laughs> that was <really> Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Welcome to the show. I've been dying to get you on. I'm super, super excited to, to have you. And before we dive into all your amazing achievements and what you're getting up to, uh, we do have our customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking uh, podcast, which is on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of its reality? Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it get the half? Why does it not just get two? Because I'm a lawyer. <laughs> half is like is like saying likely. Like, it can be definitive on anything. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think two and a half and we'll move swiftly on. So let's start at the beginning, Matt. Why don't you tell our listeners a bit about your legal background and journey? It's quite a journey and it's funny because it's like, I'm not that old. So for me, it's like, it's almost like a lightning speed, a bridge version of a traditional career. So I went to Florida State University, which if you're listening and you're not from the United States, it is the state of Florida. It's up in the very top of, I guess if you look at Florida, it's like the really top of it, kind of to the left. And I went there for undergrad, a master's degree in public policy and then law school. It is the capital of Florida. So that's where all the government is going on. So I was there. Originally, I wanted to get into politics and I realized that's a horrible idea. And I'm like, well, you know, I should just go to law school. That's a, that's a better move, right? So I went to law school. From there, I started in insurance defense, uh, workers' compensation, which is glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> I'm sure my old firm is like listening to this. They're like, Matt, it is pretty glamorous. Like, hold on. Like, wait, it's pretty good. So I went there. From there, I left. I went to the government. I worked for an agency where I was doing everything. <laughs> everything. Right. Something about government work. They're like, hey, here's like $30,000 a year. Do everything. Run the state of Florida. So, right. I was like, that's a fun time. But that was awesome. Great experience. Really interesting work. I left because my wife got an awesome job in South Florida and she's like, we're leaving. And if you're listening, I've got, I've outkicked my coverage. She's, a, she's a star. So I was like, I'm leaving too. Yeah. Wherever you want to go. <laughs> Let's go. So we went down to South Florida. I worked at a firm called Lidecker Diaz or Lidecker Diaz, but now it's Lidecker Law or Lidecker PA at this point, where I was a construction uh, litigator, um, commercial litigator. I did some government work and then I did some other transactional work. I took, I went from there and then I started posting on LinkedIn and built up a little book of business. And I left that firm, which the firm is great. I, I used it after. Um, I went to the firm Shapiro Blazy and while there, I was doing basically the same kind of stuff. And then um, I was recruited to be the director of legal risk management, which is the, I guess, the general counsel plus director of insurance at a private equity group down in Miami called Boyd Jones. And oh man, I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm out. Bye guys. I'm done. <laughs> in-house, like I, it's like the craziest experience. So I went in-house um, and from there, I, I think I realized I loved, I liked the law. I definitely liked the law, but I realized that I like talking to attorneys like you, you know, like I like talking about law. I like talking yeah. about things 
Uh, I like building community and I'm like, maybe that's what I liked about the law. Maybe it wasn't actually practicing it. So uh, the awesome folks at Law Trades were like, do you want to come in? And um, this is gonna, I'm going to say Alex's name because he's just going to love it. Do you want to be Alex Sue? And I'm like, I want to be Alex Sue. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and now they were like, do you want to come in and run our community and, and, and really help expand it? And I... I was like, absolutely. So that's currently what I do. I'm the head of community at Law Trades, where this whole series of events have led me to um, posting on social media and, you know, and talking to attorneys all day. It's awesome. Yeah. And you do such a fantastic job of it. And we're we're big fans of Alex Sue as well. And I think you love what he's doing. He's been on the show. And it's, it's so good to have you who sort of moved into that role with Law Trades. And I love what you're, you're getting up to. And thanks for that sort of documented history there. But there's quite a lot to unpack. And I know there'll be some lessons in that. So I know you mentioned sort of in jest about, you know, you wanted to go into the political side. And, you know, you studied political science and government at Florida State University before going on to study the law. But what was it that really triggered you to make the change to study law it's a good actually it's a good story so i got in the put i had always wanted to go into government i there was in uh in the united states there's a program called boy state which is like a mock government kind of thing so i did that i'm like oh wow this sounds awesome yeah. so i went to florida state i got my undergrad degree i got my master's in public policy and then while getting my master's degree I'm, i was working for lobbying firms and political folks i think i worked for two two elected officials and um, both sides of the spectrum, I'm fairly politically neutral. Um, and um, I remember watching lobbyists. Um, it's like a song and dance, right? Like it's like this show. So you call it, it's almost like the show. What was it? It was the, the scientist. It was the scientist and the magician. Is that what they called it? Or the scientist and the salesman. And it's, they would be the salesman. They would yeah. sell changes to policy, whatever, right? And there, there may be substance to it. They may know what they were talking about, but then the lawyers would show up and the lawyer lobbyists would come over and they'd say, I, I like, I, I do this for like a living. Like I, this is, this will like affect me. And this is why it will affect me. So I watch that. I'm like, I gotta go to law school. I gotta, this is their, they, this is a much better sell than like the song and dance salesman. So um, that's actually why I left politics. And right when I started law school, it was during that first year I realized I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to be politics. I don't want to get into the political scheme of things. Yeah. Law sounds like a better move. Yeah. And that's, that's so interesting because, you know, you have done a lot within the law within a short space of time, as you mentioned. So you then went on to get the uh, the Florida bar and became an associate attorney for a firm that I'm going to try and pronounce correctly, but you're going to recorrect me. Is it Eric Clyde's Gelman Hall Index Goodman Walters and Traverso? That was really good. That's not bad. No, I'm not correct. Okay, great. That was so, so what were your what were your experiences at, at that firm and did you specialize in an area there? Yeah, yeah. So that one, and it's a really cool shop. They are in gosh, they're in a number of states. I think they're more southern, but they're regional firms. So they're not just in Florida. Yeah. Um, I was doing it's it's a very niche firm and they specialize in one thing. So it's work, workers' compensation, which is a system where an employee is injured on the job. Yeah defense. So they are representing, generally speaking, the employer and the insurance company that insures. Um, and that was cool. Most of what I was doing is what you would expect a traditional associate to be doing, which is my favorite thing in the world, just doc review. Doc <laughs> review and doc review and doc review. <laughs> and a lot of that. And I left because it was, I mean, they, I think they know it was just a little too niche, right? Like when you're starting out, 
you don't know what you want to do. You want to yeah. just, I want to, right? Like I want to litigate or I want to be an MA. I don't know. Maybe I want to do everything at once. So I, um, it was too niche. So that's why I left. Yeah. But then you also went on and you spent some time, I believe, with the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity as an assistant general counsel, helping the governor and advancing, I think, the Florida's economy. So what skills did you learn whilst at the department? Because that sounds fascinating. That was a wild job. That was, See, that's where I learned like, everything yeah (laughs) in that role i was again i was really a fresh attorney and it was the opposite right so as opposed to being very niche in the the department they're like you're gonna do everything i was really like a floater right yeah so i think i did a number of litigated matters again i was like a brand new attorney um small claims trials i did a bunch of trials for low-level cases i did two i did administrative related litigation by myself, which was for me was surreal. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I knew what I was doing. I won, but yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, that imposter syndrome is like full force. And you're like, oh my gosh. Um, I did that. I was doing a uh, review of, of substantial contracts, vendor agreements, grant agreements, uh, MSAs, um, you name it. It was this whole, like a traditional assistant general counsel, I would say. Like it really, as opposed to, even though it's like a government agency, it was like a mini company, if you will. Yeah, no, it sounds fascinating. And as you say, as you described that, in those short blocks of time, you've already amassed a very good skill set, you know, before then taking on other the roles within the legal community. So I, I mentioned in my intro as well, and you referenced, you were then a, or went on to be an attorney for Shapiro Blazy. So, you know, tell us a bit about that and also Lydeca Law, what type of work you're undertaking with those firms and, you know, any memorable cases for you along the way that's a famous that's a that's a those are famous last words okay so (laughs) let me if if i can do if we're going to talk funny stories let me let me backtrack just a little bit all right so when i was at ericlides i had done my first deposition and i've told this story on the internet a million times because for me it just makes me laugh at this point yeah and if i knew we were telling funny stories i would have brought the punchline to the story but i'll i digress so it was my first deposition and i was there with my boss so it's like you know it's like in a company and then you also ask questions and yeah it was like very exciting for me it happened to be on halloween so i wore a hot dog costume um <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I go to my boss and I go, hey, can I wear this to the deposition? And he's like, yeah, sure. You're like, you know, joke, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And like, I'm stupid and I can't pick up on jokes like that. So I said, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wear this. He's okay with it. <laughs> so I go to this law firm and this law firm, um, if you're listening and you're in the States, it is a law firm that you know, that is a plaintiff's law firm that you, you know, tr- trust me, you know it. Um, <laughs> and I show up this law firm and I remember showing up in the hot dog costume. People wear in other costumes because it's Halloween and they look at me kind of funny and they're like, can we help you? And I say, oh, I'm, I'm the attorney for this case. And like people were like chuckling. Um, I remember like a paralegal popped out and she's like, you, you're funny. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> so I go to conference room and I'm there with my, my boss. My boss sees me and he's like, what, um, what's up? <laughs> and the other attorney is laughing. Yeah. And he's like, this is funny, Matt. This is really funny. Um, and the, um, person that's getting deposed, which is the, in work comp, it's called claimant and any other context would be the plaintiff goes, what are you wearing? And I'm like, oh, that's a hot dog costume. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's the stupid one, right? For, yeah. <laughs> if you see it, say it. So, yeah. I'm like, it's, what do you not see? Um, so I sit so I, so I sit down and we start the deposition and we just go at it. And then finally, I think at one point I have to take it off because I'm literally 
finally the shame and embarrassment finally hit me, um, which it's no longer now, it's the funniest thing on the planet. So I, I take it off, we finish the imposition, and as it, the, it ends, I put the hot dog costume back on. And everyone's like, do you want to stay for a cake eating contest? Like we're having cake. Like you're so, you know, and I'm like, at this point, guys, I've outstayed my welcome. <laughs> it, I took my hot dog costume and I got in my car and I drove away. So that was my first deposition. <laughs> well, it's one that I'm never going to forget as well in terms of someone who's come on to the show describing it. It's going to take something pretty special for someone to use up that. that that's for sure. Um, but thanks for sharing that. And, that, you know, it's, it's just in your, your nature. And obviously it proves why you do such a good job in your, in your current role, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But before that, you were also from there. You previously were the director of legal and risk management, as you referenced yeah. at Lloyd-Jones. So, you know, what did your role as a director involve as? Yeah, yeah. So... The title director, I think I was given that because I, I had, and this was a very, this was a very cool role. So it, they gave me that title because it encompassed two sets. I think if you just said general counsel, head of legal, it wouldn't get everything. So I was the head of legal, let's just call it like that, the general counsel, head of legal. And I also had a non-legal role and I was the head of insurance. Yeah. So I controlled the insurance portfolio. That was like such a fun, for me, I'm like an insurance nerd. If you're listening to this, I don't know why insurance intrigues me so much. Like when I go, listen, when I come over across the pond, I'm going to Lloyd's. That's like the first place I'm going. Yeah. Lloyd's of London. Let's do it. It'll be fun. Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Um, so I, um, I, gosh, that role was crazy. So I was effectively the sole legal in the, in that, um, position. So what we were doing in that company is awesome. What they were doing is they were acquiring and managing and also getting rid of multifamily properties, senior living properties, hospitality, like small hotels. Um, and I was running the gambit. Any given day could be an employment related issue, a new deal that we're working on, healthcare regulatory issues because of the senior side. Um, you name it, I was doing. And then I, while that was all going on, I had this like big insurance portfolio, my baby. I'm like, hold Speaking of baby, I know we both have new kids, but it's like, this is my other baby was the insurance. And I'd like, uh, do that. So that was, that was a blast, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounds like you had a lot of fun. It sounds like you bring so much sort of, you know, energy into all of your roles. Time for a quick break from the show. You wouldn't leave a potential client waiting in your office for three days. But what about when it comes to returning potential clients, phone calls, emails, or even web inquiries? If you're not responding rapidly to those who inquire about your firm's services, you could be losing money, losing clients, and affecting your law firm's reputation. Thankfully, there's a resource from our sponsor, Clio, that can help you. Called how to grow your firm with legal client intake. It's a free guide that will show you exactly how and why you should be automating your client intake process. Download your free copy at clio.com forward slash UK forward slash free intake guide. That's clio, C-L-I-O.com forward slash UK forward slash three intake guide. Now back to the show. Now you are the head of community at Law Trade. So, you know, tell us uh, a bit more about what that involves and just tell us more about Law Trades in general. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, into your your point, I if you're listening, this is my big advice. Energy is so valuable. Like there's plenty of jobs that I think I I know. I was not the better attorney. I was not the better person, but I did bring in a, a certain kind of energy. I did bring a certain kind of I, I will do it. We will figure it out together and we will get it done. Yeah. Um, promoting like a collaborative effort plus a, I'm going to, you know, like a, I guess what's the best way to put it? You know, I'm, I'm willing to jump in here and just get it done and, and do it. So if 
if you're interviewing for jobs, I, I suggest, you know, come in with the same kind of energy. Um, it'll do wonders for you. Now, uh, for Law Trades, so Law Trades is this really cool tech company. Uh, what we do is we are, another way, what's the best way to put it? Uh, legal infrastructure. So, general counsel's offices, for example, maybe they don't need somebody for 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. They just need 10, 10 hours a week. Um, for a certain thing, vendor contracts, or maybe some sort of overflow, right? Things that they, they're they overwhelmed, they don't have the resources to handle, and they just also, they're, they're maybe so high in the totem pole, they're like, I really shouldn't be doing this kind of work. We can get them attorneys, paralegals, legal assistants. We have a network of our own that we just plug in yeah. and then pull out and then plug in. So it's, it's a really cool model. It's a really cool uh, platform that we have. Um, and it's making a lot of in-house departments very happy (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's amazing because i've seen the the growth of the company i I love what you're doing and you know you're a huge part of that so you know what does head of community actually mean matt and what does a typical day look like for you as a head of community rob you're a man after my heart um so i so what the head of community is is uh we have a whole community department and what in, in short, is we service our customers, our clients, and then everyone adjacent. So um, I guess, actually, let me backtrack. Not customers and clients, because now I'm talking like an attorney, which is bizarre. Are, are the folks that, that put on roles and then uh, and they utilize our service and then the awesome talent. I think that's the best way to put it. So um, on a day-to-day basis, I am basically spreading, um, you know, helping with brand awareness. So uh, social media posting, uh, events, dinners, things of that nature. So everyone is aware of what Law Trades is, um, who can, you know, that they want to join the community because they know what the community is. Um, also, I'm, you know, I'm assisting with definitely with sales at some level, though I'm not really a salesperson. I'm more of a, I'm more of a post, a social media poster, if anything. Um uh, and then, you know, from day to day, it varies. I, you know, sometimes I'm, I'll am i be at like Tech GC, which is a big event and helping present on issues that I'm accustomed to because, or issues that I'm familiar with because I was a solo GC or, um, gosh, I'm trying to think every day is a little bit different, isn't it? <laughs> You're making, now I'm thinking about it out loud. I'm like, what is my scope of work? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but it's just every day is different. And it, as every day, I guess, even though the tasks all change per day, they all come back to the central message of, are we making our community better? Are we helping the members of our community? And are we growing the community? Yeah, and it's it's so important because I, I, I stand by community is everything nowadays. And I always say to people, we're not building a database, we're building a community. And I think, you know, collaboration over competition and focusing on communi- community are the key things. But for you, what's your definition of community, Matt, and what is the significance of community in the legal industry specifically? And do you truly believe it can bring legal professionals together? Oh, 100%. My definition of community, I, it's, it's, it may be long-winded because I am still an attorney, but um, my definition of community is, is a, I guess, it's, it's like an idea. It's it, the fact that everyone can think about this one thing and we're all in tune to it. We're all like, all right, we like X or we we enjoy why, whatever it may be, and we all collaborate and we all work together for that common idea. And that's community. So for us, we have this common idea of how do we decentralize the practice of law? How do we 
how do we help uh, one folks that want to be solo that want to empower themselves? And on the other side, how do we help busy general counsel offices and whatever do more with less? And we have these two ideas that really are in sync. And then everyone in the community agrees with those ideas, or at least in principle agrees with those ideas and wants to collaborate to reach the goal that those ideas kind of envision, right? So that's the long-winded answer of what I think of community. Now, as it relates to community for um, the law, community for the law is everything. I think we don't even realize it, right? So um, let me just talk back in practice. In private practice, gosh, like I would go to, um, it's funny, I would go to like these hearings, right? These like, litig you know, for litigation, and we would all have these same attorneys, they'd be there every single time. And we would all, whether we realized it or not, we were a community of lawyers there. We yeah. all knew each other. We all talked. We wanted to help each other in any way, shape, or form. Because at the end of the day, we all had a common goal, and it's practicing law. Practicing law to the best of our abilities, to, to zealously advocate for our clients. So um, that, it, it's so valuable. And then taking that, that idea and applying it across the board in law, I mean, I've already seen it. It, it, it pays dividends. It really results in such a win for everyone in the community. And I, some, in some ways, I wish I see more community efforts in law, but we're getting there. It's slow, but we're getting there. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we will get there. And I think people like your good self and many others that are part of the legal community. And if you know, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep pushing for change. And, you know, I very much welcome it. Some one of our core values on the show is, you know, we want to humanize the, the profession and we want to bring people's wisdom, but, you know, to educate, entertain and inspire, but in a, you know, in a fun human manner. And, you know, talking of, of human and creativity, you know, you're one of the most creative content creators, it has to be said, particularly on Instagram and, and TikTok. So, you know, what inspired you to start posting on these, these platforms? Because some of them are just hilarious. I appreciate that. And if anyone's watching, I definitely don't control our Twitter page for Law Trades. If you're wondering, <laughs> definitely not. Don't even, don't even look behind the curtain. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some subtext there. So how I got started on it. I got started on it. I remember when I got started for this. So I used to post very legal articles, things that like is a traditional, like what we would traditionally post. Yeah. And they got no traction or I got some traction, but really like, man, yeah. you know, not, not what I would like to see. So obviously it didn't really resonate with people. It was boring. You know, it, it, it's just not, and it wasn't reflective of really me. I mean, I've got a pretty like, wild personality is the best way to put it. I guess maybe annoying for some people, but just my personality is definitely not one to generally post legal articles on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So the start of COVID, and this is probably a story that a lot of folks have during the start of COVID. I think we're all cooped up at home and also I'm working at a firm and, you know, I, I wanted to have some sort of client engagement. I wasn't really getting the client engagement that I wanted. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start posting more things. So I started posting a little bit more human stuff. And then eventually I remember having a client that um, like would not use contracts, yeah. would not, and it like it killed me. <laughs> I'm like, I was so frustrated. And I remember posting a video on LinkedIn of me super frustrated, like all disheveled. And I'm like, just please have a contract. And it did well. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, maybe videos make sense. And I had not been on TikTok. I'd seen yeah. it. I was one of those millennials that are like, I'm not a Gen Z. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Which in retrospect, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. But anyways, um, so I so I posted another video 
another kind of funny video did well. And then I went on TikTok because I realized TikTok was a good platform and it had good, it, it gave me the ability to post things with video or with, um, with audio, with, you know, editings, whatever. So I posted another video and it was like my highest performing video. It ended up getting like, you know, maybe 900 likes reshared 80 times or something like that. For me, that was crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there's something to it, you know? And it was just, and it was things that resonated with me. I think that video was, um, misspelling the word motion, like catching it after you file it. And people are like, oh my gosh, that happens to me all the time. And I'm like, maybe I should stop posting these legal yeah. uh, articles and whatever and start posting things that everyone relates to and things that I want to talk about because it irked me and we never talked about it when I was an attorney, right? Um, everyone has to be perfect as an attorney. No one makes grammatical mistakes like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It, right. It's so true. And it's what I always say to people with, particularly on LinkedIn, you know, I describe the people say to me with, you know, is this platform? What is this? And I just say, look, treat it as the pub. You know, the LinkedIn homepage is the pub, right? So if you're creating the good content, people are going to want to go over to your table and have the conversation with you. And then you position your profile so then people can buy from you, right? If you create enough excitement, you create enough curiosity, you create enough good quality content, be it humor, be it educational, then with your profiles, have the call to actions, and then you can capture those leads and bring them off. off, off. And I think you do so, so well at that matter. And some of the stuff you produce is just excellent. It has to be said. And one of your TikToks, I think, gained over like 15,000 likes, you know, the evolution of emails, I think. And uh, oh, where, yeah. do you, where do you get the ideas for TikToks? And are they, they, are they all based on real life experiences of working in the law? Or is there a little bit of a sort of, shall we say, let's not let the truth get in the ray of a good story like 90 percent based on true story <laughs> like 90... <laughs> yeah so i try i try to keep things as real as they possibly can granted there's sometimes i'm going to exaggerate for the purposes of the video maybe i don't slam my keyboard or throw my keyboard as a third <laughs> but but there's some truth to it right like when i i remember like emails they were so proper when i first started like it was very yeah. like very well and then by my third year i'm like where are documents? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and it's just this gradual um, formal to informal aspect of the law. I think you get so comfortable on a topic or into a, you know an industry and you're like, I know when to be formal. And if it's with my opposing counsel, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. And uh, one of my, my, one of my friends who, um, teaches a lot in the world of social media says i don't know why we're still using b2b and b2c because it's all h to h human to human and i think you know that's the way to to think about these things particularly with social media and why you know roles like yourself head of community and you reference alex before do so well because you're bringing the human side of the profession and people can relate to that human side and it's just amazing what you're doing there's a real need for this and i think you're a super early adopter and particularly what law trades have done i think it's one of the most critical hires and I'm excited to see where it goes. But you're also, I think, on most memes on Instagram. So, um, you know, what's been your favorite? That I've made or that I've yeah, seen? Yeah, that you've made. Oh, gosh. What's my favorite? This see, Now you're asking me, like, what's my favorite kid? <laughs> um, what is my favorite meme? Let me think. Oh, gosh. I think so. I do a lot of, like, posting my own tweets because I first – I. I just, I don't know that's, I do that a lot, but I actual memes, like pictures with the, my favorite, you know what? I know what my favorite is. My favorite was, was it's like an Oscars meme. And it's like a bunch of these celebrities, like almost like they almost look like zoom boxes, yeah. like looking on in horror. 
And it's when uh, it's effects. I think it was something to the effect of like when um, when the in-house department finally gets the bill from outside counsel and they're all like mortified. Yeah. And that was that was me on like four occasions. So it resonated when I made it. I was like, I wish I could make my face in one of the boxes. <laughs> it's so true, though, isn't it? Having those real life experiences can really bring that sort of, you know, creativity to the memes. And, you know, they really pack a punch in terms of also message. You know, that's the underlying thing. You know, I don't need to bring that sort of smile and, you know, the human side, but there's a real kind of undertone and a message there and i guess with that you know i still face mass resistance from people in the legal industry obviously we run you know with casey partners one of the largest sort of legal legal talent yeah. recruiting firms um and a lot of legal professionals are risk averse and still sort of you know give me the high brows about this podcast thing and this social media thing and you know so do you think more legal professionals should embrace social media and if so why like uh, a thousand percent, actually. It's, I get, oh man, if we're going to talk about it, I used to get torched. I used to get torched all the time. What are you doing, Matt? Like, what, I remember I was at a wedding once, but before I can get to that, but I was at a wedding and someone had come up to me and they were like, hey, Matt, I see you posting on TikTok. And this is just prior to COVID. Yeah. And I was, or not TikTok, I'm sorry, I'm LinkedIn. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't know, I don't understand anything you're saying, but you know, like, I guess keep it up. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cool. Thanks. So, um, so it's, it's incredibly important. And I'll, and I'll say this, like with the gigantic caveat, I don't know how it, it works outside of the United States, but in the United States, you obviously have to post within the bounds of your, uh, your ethical obligations. And, yeah. Um, also in keep, keeping in consideration, whatever the bar rules or the ABA rules are relating to solicitations, whatever. Okay. That's all done. I, that was my legal disclaimer. You've got to post on social. You have to, be present. Social media is the, I, I like, it's at the window, right? It's the window to everybody. Everyone, everyone can see through the window and see what you're doing. Um, and maybe it's, you can argue that's, that's potentially superficial, but once someone looks in the window, right? Like your window shopping, maybe they want to come in, maybe they want to come in and they want to talk. They want to, maybe they want to buy that when whatever was in the window that you were presenting. And it provides such a level of visibility for you that you could build upon with your traditional in-person meetings, coffee, events. I mean, it's just, it's the best way. It's just the best way. And if you're not an adopter of social media at this point, if you're not an adopter of social media, not necessarily just marketing, but just going on social media to post about yourself or you know, maybe a little bit of what you do, you're missing out tremendously. And and this is a really important point. So I know we, we've we've had a you know very lighthearted discussion, and people still may think you know social media. Social media is serious, folks, because you know if you're not visible, you're invisible. And we live in a world now which is more hyper connected and sort of socially connected that you have every opportunity to make your business stand out. And the best known beats the best, you know. And I'll, I'm still to this day an advocate believer of that in the modern society. And just need to. Go Google your name and you'll see that you're probably your LinkedIn URL will appear before any website that you feature on. So having an outdated, not up to date LinkedIn profile or things like that, you're just not giving yourself a chance of standing out. And social media are free welcome mats. A lot of the basic versions are giving you an opportunity to talk and build community daily. So that's my preach done. And it leads to my sort of last question for you now, Matt, which I know you'll probably want to build on what I just said. But what advice would you give to lawyers? or those in the legal profession wanting to start their own community or join and get involved with social media platforms? Before I get to that, now I'm afraid. I feel like I should Google myself. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just pulled up Google. I'm like, what? Maybe I should look. <laughs> um, so the how to start your community, how to, how to start, I guess the what you should do at ground zero is post what you know. And, and everyone, I always get this like from folks, like especially younger attorneys, like I don't know what to post. Uh, I don't know a lot about an industry or maybe I don't know a lot. You know something about something. Yeah. Post about that thing. Start to try to engage with folks that do that. So if you're afraid to post, let's just start, you know, let's start before that. If you're afraid to post, which I don't think you should be afraid to post, especially on LinkedIn is a great platform to post, you know, um, on a variety of topics without getting thrashed like you're on Twitter or TikTok or what have you, is I would start commenting on folks in your space or the space that you want to be in or where you want to build your community. Get people a company, you know, accustomed to you, to your name, to your face, to what you have to say, your message. And then from there, when you start posting, those same people will return the favor on your posts. And will, you know, eventually, if what you have to say is a great message, a good message, a message that can resonate, you know, that they resonate with, they will comment back and they will also spread your message and they will help you build your community. So that's that would be my advice. And it's a really good piece of advice, particularly probably let's stick with LinkedIn, which is, you know, the largest professional networking site in the world, over 800 million professionals. The comment is the cold call, folks. You don't need to cold call anymore. You can engage with key stakeholders, leads, prospects with an insightful comment and create that first touchpoint engagement. And like Matt said, if you put something of quality or something that's memorable, people are going to check you out and you can start the conversation from there. And lifting other people up, you know, it's it's really unknown secret source that everyone should know but still don't know particularly in the legal profession being a kind human and lifting others up is amazing what it can do for you online in an authentic way you know you have to show some some authenticity but they are things that you know really if you're thinking of getting started and the other thing which is a really important skill even myself that i'm trying to perfect which we all need to have because we all have one is storytelling if you're good at storytelling and everyone has a story because everyone has the opportunity to, to share it, that's the thing. And I always say these two pieces of advice when it comes to storytelling. Remember these three words, when I was, that's a great way to start, or try with three short, sharp sentences because you want to get people hooked. So you could say, it finally happened. Can't believe I'm saying this, but here goes. And just three short, sharp sentences, you're going to get people hooked and you're going to start storytelling and going on. So really perfect your storytelling, folks, because like Matt, he has incredible content. He's built an incredible community, but he's also a fantastic storyteller. And I think there's something in that. So Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And if our listeners want to learn more about Law Trades or your social media platforms, what's the best way for them to contact you? Feel free also to shout out your social media handles and web links, and we'll also share them as episode two. Awesome. All right. So if you want to see myself, I'm Matt Margolis. Find me on LinkedIn. If you're going to find me literally anywhere else, it's at It's Matt's Law. Now, if you're looking for law trades, literally law trades, go on LinkedIn. We're really big on LinkedIn for law trades. Otherwise, we have really fun content across the board. And it's also surprising enough at law trades. So come find us. Check us out. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And I would just like to wish you on behalf of everyone on the Legally Speaking podcast, lots of continued success with your new role as head of community. But for now, from all of us, over and out.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like the content here, why not check out our world-leading content and collaboration hub, the Legally Speaking Club, over on Discord. Go to our website, www.legallyspeakingpodcast.com, for the link to join our community there. Over and out.